Welcome to New World of Work, a podcast exploring the new frontier of the modern workforce. I'm Rhys Black, Head of Workplace Design at Oyster, a global people operations platform making it easier than ever to build a brilliant team on an international scale. On New World of Work, we'll hear from some of the world's best and brightest people and culture experts and cutting-edge topics that people ops professionals need to hear today, all through a global lens. Join us as we navigate this new world of work together and learn more from each other along the way. Over the past two years, businesses around the world have made the shift to a completely remote work environment. While this comes with multiple perks like convenience, flexibility, and enjoying all the comforts of home, Remote work also presents its own unique set of challenges. For example, a fully remote or distributed workforce may find it more difficult to form connections and build trust with their colleagues. With few opportunities for in-person events and gatherings, people operations professionals need to get creative with their team building strategies. In this episode, we'll explore how to bring a team together despite physical barriers. Joining your discussion today is Jess Johansson, the Chief People Officer at Two Cows, a global company dedicated to making the internet better and narrowing the digital divide. Jess has some great tips and insights to share about building a tight-knit culture while working remotely. First, she shared a bit about her professional background, how she landed her role at Two Cows, and her overall people ops philosophy. So my career experience so far, I mean, I've worked with large global companies and a variety of industries, each of which has allowed me to really better understand how I feel that a people function should be led, which is why I'm thrilled to be at Two Cows, where there is receptivity to try different things that always put our people first and strengthen our existing culture. And, you know, people operations to me is this beautiful marriage between people and the business. And in my opinion, the the success of your entire business is predicated on how well that relationship of people and business is designed. And to me, who wouldn't want to be a part of that world? How did I end up in the role here at Two Cows? I, I was actually approached by an executive search firm. And if you ask our CEO, he would tell you that I didn't have the profile that they thought they wanted for this role. And I think that really says a lot about who we are as an organization at Two Cows. We aren't about typical and our minds can be changed. We very much value those that want to challenge our thinking. And so I was fortunate enough to, um, you know, receive the role five years ago now. Two Cows is a remote first workplace with the vast majority of our team working remotely. Um, because of our Ting internet brand and the field work in that industry, we do have a few vital roles, of course, that require physical presence. Today, we employ over 1,000 people in over 18 countries worldwide and are growing rapidly. My people operations philosophy can really be summed up in one word, and that's flexibility. Flexibility has never been as important as it is now. There isn't a one-size-fits-all approach to people operations, and what works for one team member may not work for another. 
you want to have the tools and resources that meet a variety of needs for all employees. Bending so you don't break is crucial in today's working world. One way to do this effectively is by taking a customized approach to each member of the team. Being a great people leader means understanding the nuances of different personality types and knowing how to tailor your tactics depending on the individual. Talent retention has become a top priority for many companies today. It's never been more important to create a positive, inclusive culture to attract and retain top talent. You know, we want employees to bring their whole selves to work and to be authentically them. Employees that are happy, fulfilled, and challenged are any company's greatest asset, again, in my opinion, of course. Without a meaningful and intentional culture, we talk about this quite a bit at Two Cows, you have to be intentional about the culture that you want to create, you want to be. Without that, you will not retain or attract talent. In today's remote world, employees have more options and leverage than ever before. And companies need to create a space where those employees, those people want to be. And I think a lot of times what's overlooked are the little things. The little things really aren't little. They have a big impact. Everything from proper name pronunciation to using someone's correct pronouns. To me, these are table stakes to treating your people like people. So how can uh, employees build trust uh, with colleagues when working remotely? I think we all need to recognize that the significance that the workplace has for employees more than ever before. I mean, really, our lives have sort of been blurred now. And I, I referenced that earlier between, you know, work and work life. And, and that could mean just shifting from the living room to your, you know, uh, living room to the bedroom uh, to go to bed. Um, and so the workplace really becomes a place of significance in the lives of our employees, of our people. And so we need to ensure that, again, that culture is, is receptive, that people feel comfortable, that they certainly don't have the uh, Sunday night dreads, as I used to, used to call them, right? It's like, oh, no, <laughs> weekend's over and coming back. Um, again, so, you know, part of that creating that connection with employees, with their colleagues, is ensuring that we've got the incubator, right, that we are giving the work environment to be able to do that. And again, it's, it's making sure that uh, folks understand that our managers, our leaders understand that the team is made up of people, not things, not just employees, people. And so we continue, I think part of the, part of the thing that we do was the donut chats and our Slack board as well has dozens of channels that have nothing to do with work, but everything to do with our people. And so, again, it creates that opportunity for colleagues to be connected. We've also found that by simply encouraging conversations and carving space for these in the workday, people are taking the initiative to create like-minded spaces for their peers to connect and discuss their interests. 
we have a guitar, for example, a, a group that plays guitar. So they have a similar interest. They talk about that. They talk about jokes. We have, you know, a showcase of talents, uh, a channel that showcases talents. So again, it just creates that opportunity to get to know your colleagues on a different level. And we carve out time for that in people's days, right? This is part of the workday. So I think, you know, through some opportunities like that, organizations can really help foster that connection that people so greatly need in, in this day and age. Coming together over shared interests is important to promote a vibrant workplace culture. Although it may sound simple, part of being an effective people leader means coming back to the activities and interactions that make us human. Jess calls this simple yet profound act ritual building. You know, I think there are key things to focus on for ritual creation, I'll say. Don't assume anything. It's so important to understand where your employees are and listen to how they're feeling so that programs can be adjusted and expectations can be adjusted accordingly when needed. Listening is huge and you have to understand that in order to create the right programs. Another thing that I think is really, really key, and I'm quite passionate about this, is having uh, employee resource groups. So at Two Cows, for example, we have seven. We also offer daily mindfulness sessions. And I think, you know, through that, through participation like that, there's an opportunity, one, to really reinforce your culture, right? That we understand that work is all-encompassing this day and age. It can be really hard to make that separation uh, between work and work life. And so, you know, by offering daily mindfulness sessions, again, that becomes a ritual where everyone understands that this is accepted, that time for you during the day is accepted um, and in fact encouraged in our organization. And I had started to talk a little bit about our employee resource groups. These are employee-led. And I think that's the difference um, that we've made at Two Cows versus some of the organizations that I've come from in the past where there's, you know, leadership stakeholders in it and, you know, support from, you know, a particular leader at a group. And if that leader doesn't show up, then the group doesn't meet. We were very intentional, again, that word, right? Creating that culture, that intentional culture about these are employee-led. This is your opportunity to come together, uh, create connections with uh, your fellow uh, coworkers, team members, um, and, uh, you know, have a common, um, uh, common purpose, common goal, uh, or just to listen and learn and be educated and share stories throughout. And so these are some of the rituals that through culture that we've really supported. I feel we do a lot of support for individual rituals. Um, you know, and again, I think this speaks to really listening to, to the employees and what they need so that we can help clear the noise at a work level um, so that they can be healthy within themselves. Um, and so, um, you know, there are a few things, um, we, you know, we believe that there needs to be less focus on how 
someone does their work and more emphasis on how the company helps them do their work best. And that really is at an individual level, right? Because again, not everybody is the same. People have different needs and we want to be, again, flexible. I'm going to overuse that word, uh, flexible in how we do offer support to these individuals. And so we really approach all people strategies with a flexible mindset. Um, And I believe firmly in beating people where they are. And those are people as individuals. And so fostering meaningful conversations that extend beyond work, getting to know folks um, on an individual level. We have what we call donut coffee talks, where you're just paired up randomly with different employees throughout the organization. And that has helped us, again, understand folks on an individual level. I I just had one myself the other day. And, you know, we talked about their pets. We talked about um, their brothers, their sisters, uh, you know, and it's, it's really, it just shifts the mindset a little bit from all work and all work and no play, as they say. But it's, um, again, it just works, it speaks to the culture that we're looking to create and, and helping folks from an individual perspective know that we have resources, you know, the mindfulness uh, sessions that we do daily that are led by employees. I mean, we do have a, a mindfulness, a certified mindfulness coach, but then we've looked to train others. And so that helps. And we actually have families joining these calls <laughs> virtually, right? So they'll bring in their daughters, sons to participate in a mindfulness session each and every day. So again, it's that connection. It's the individual connection, but it also is the individual programs, programs geared towards individual employees, but it also allows the introduction of their family into these programs that we offer. You know, we have a mental wellness account coverage through our benefits as well that we think is, is, is super key, coaching and counseling available to all of our employees. And so, again, it's just about ensuring that our individual people, not just employees, we hire people, are cared for and have the resources to look after themselves individually. So it's strengthened the rituals that we have embedded during this time, because I would argue that we had those, that foundation that we talked about earlier, but just reinforcing that, that it's okay (laughs) Uh, to some of our employees, if they need to speak, you know, sneak out and do some things for their lives, that it's okay. And, 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 you know, the messages coming back from our employees have been overwhelmingly positive. Prioritizing people is already shaping up to be a key theme of 2022. But putting people first isn't just a trend, it's a philosophy, and it's a way of life that will guide your business practices going forward. Jess and I discussed how a positive company culture comes from the top down. For any business, it's essential that the leadership team is on board with the company's philosophy, vision, and values to help steer the ship in the right direction. Asking for feedback regularly is another way to level the playing field and help people feel safe in their roles. And I do think that, you know, it's having transparent discussions with your team as a leader. I think that's key because I'm often found saying uh, we all put our pants on the same way. 
we all have struggles. And because, you know, I happen to be or we happen to be in leadership positions doesn't mean that those struggles are any less. And so that transparency and that candidness from a leader is, I think, crucial. It's got to start from the top. You got to lead by example. Like, it's the only way to ensure that that people will feel comfortable expressing, you know, sometimes some pretty deep feelings and emotions. One of the best things we've been doing better lately is surveying our teams and using their feedback to inform our programs. You know, again, I would point to some of the best things that we've done, um, and that is, uh, you know, surveying our teams, getting feedback that help inform our programs. I'd say that this has been even more important to do in our remote world. Without being uh, in person, it's easy to miss the subtle cues of engagement, of interest, um, and genuine value which is, of course, what we all want of our policies, programs, and uh, what we want our events to deliver. Historically, we didn't use as much data for our culture-building initiatives, and we've seen fantastic feedback from our team since doing so. You know, those are some of the things that I I think that, that we focus on that has been helpful. Although the pandemic may be winding down in some parts of the world, we may not see an end to the war for talent anytime soon. I asked Jess for her top predictions for the next five to 10 years in this new world of work, and her response solidified the importance of keeping a strong focus on company culture. I suspect we'll see a talent war like never before. We've talked about talent wars for years. Uh, No one has seen anything like this. So I suspect it is going to continue. You know, hiring is going to get more and more competitive as remote workforces becomes more accessible to the masses. And this also, you know, in some ways brings up a great opportunity for employers without physical borders. And I mentioned this earlier, right? The market is the world. But so without physical borders limiting your hiring decisions, We are about to face a new era of talent opportunity. You know, I also believe that organizational culture will become more so one of the most important factors in attracting top-tier talent. I often talk about with our talent team is telling that story, telling the story of who we are, what we believe, and what our culture is. So that culture is super, super critical, I believe. And you really want to create an environment, a workplace experience, you know, whether remote or not, but a workplace experience that your employees genuinely want to be a part of. Crafting a work experience that people genuinely want to be part of may sound easy on the surface but many leaders today are struggling to get it right. If this sounds familiar, a good place to start is from the inside out. In other words, identify the mission, beliefs, and philosophy your company lives by, and let them serve as your North Star. To close the episode, Jess let us in on what's next for her, and of course answered her favorite question here on New World of Work. What's the best mistake you've ever made? 
what's next for me in my future? You know, growing a world-class team as we continue to expand all areas of our business. As we do this, my biggest focus is critically assessing people practices and strategies to ensure that we approach everything with intentionality. I am a big believer in, uh, you know, I've talked about surveying our employees, getting feedback, listening to the employees and doing what makes sense for the organization and our employees. You know, it's, it's about best practices to a certain degree uh, that other organizations have successfully done. But for me, it's more about tailoring those practices to the organization at hand. And, 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 and you do that through listening to the employees and what they need. Um, so I will continue critically assessing people practices and strategies. What is the best mistake I've ever made and why? I personally believe that every mistake is a great learning opportunity. I'm sure you've heard that before, but every mistake provides a new chance to overcome, correct, and improve. It's really how you respond to a mistake, I think, that shows your character. And uh, again, you know, leading by example, <laughs> you got to own, you got to own it. But, you know, one of my biggest regrets was initiating a major transition of vital HR tools within an organization without ensuring there was clear communication readily available for my broader team. The lesson that I, I, I have from that that I'll never forget and one that all people leaders should remember is you can never over-communicate when you are doing something that, in, that directly impacts your teams. You think you communicated enough, you haven't. Trust me. <laughs> and you have to find that right balance of um, what type of channel, how do you communicate that message so that it does land appropriately with every, anybody involved. And so, you know, that's one of my biggest regrets is not having clear communication readily available. The communication was clear in my head, <laughs> wasn't necessarily clear when it got transmitted to the employees, to our people. And so that was a huge lesson for me. Whether you work remotely or in a physical space, the task of building a culture that reflects your company's values remains the same. Putting people first and being good to one another should always be a top priority for you and your team, regardless of where you're doing it. My conversation with Jess helped to illuminate these points and many more. Here are a few of my key takeaways from our discussion. Flexibility might just be one of the top words of the year. As Jess emphasized, taking a flexible approach to people operations is essential today. The world has been unpredictable for a couple of years now. So being kind and receptive to people's needs is one way to help keep things upright. Taking the time to ask questions, offer surveys, and really listen deeply to employees will help lay the foundation for a culture of trust and inclusivity. Gone are the days of a rigid company structure. It's time we open up the floor for discussion to truly help each other thrive. Ritual building activities can be anything from a coffee chat to a mindfulness session. 
These small but important acts are the building blocks of a positive company culture. As people leaders, we need to foster these kinds of intimate connections, especially in a remote environment. Thank you for listening to New World of Work, the podcast exploring the new frontier of the modern workforce through an international lens. We hope this episode served to expand your horizons and open your mind to a new perspective. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast so that we can reach more listeners. I'm your host, Reese Black. See you next time.